How many people in here today believe that he is the first, the last, the God who was and is and is to come? Let, let me just hear you say amen, raise your hand or something. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just for a moment, I want to, I just want to share my heart with you, something that's been on my heart uh, for a while, and it's not going to be a traditional Easter message, at least half of it won't be, but I don't know of anything more important than I could share with you. And I want to begin by reading something out of the book of Mark that everybody here knows, or you know of it, you've heard of it, and it's the story of after Jesus had been crucified, and if I start with verse 1, it says, now when the Sabbath was passed. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone? from the door of the tomb for us. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? Over in Matthew 28, 6, it reads just like this. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. See the place where they laid him. And before... I read any more scripture, I want you to imagine being in Mary's shoes for a moment and having all hopes of not only going to the tomb and seeing that Jesus, his body was still there, but you had prepared to do something when you got there for Jesus. And to, to learn that upon your arrival, the stone was already rolled away and there was a, a young man in there. One gospel says there's two men in white. Shining garments were there. And they said these words. He's not here. He's not here. He's not here. Now, they went looking for him because they knew the last place they saw him was being put in that tomb, lifeless in that tomb. But he wasn't there the next time they went and checked on him. But folks, Jesus, as I just read in the 28th chapter of Matthew, Jesus had already said when he was alive that he would rise on the third day. But yet they went on the third day and they didn't see him there, but he said he wouldn't be there. But they went anyway and they found out that 
he really wasn't there. And to me, to me, I believe that their, their uh, fear or amazement or being startled was much higher than their faith in what Jesus had already said because he said, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to rise again and I won't be like you saw me. Now, you know, I've been thinking about this because every pastor does and all Christians do when you get to this time of year. But this year, the Lord has just pointed me in a whole different direction when I thought about somebody looking for him and he's not there. You know, before Jesus died, he said that there was going to come another time that, that people would be looking for other people and it's going to kind of look like the same thing had taken place again. But let me read the Bible to you. The Bible says in the 36th verse of Matthew 24, but of, this is Jesus talking now, but of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Would you just say only God knows? Only God knows. Only God knows. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. And here's what it looked like. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. There will be two men, two men in one field. Uh, one will be taken and the other left. There will be two women grinding at the mill on their job and one will be taken and all of a sudden the other one will be left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour, and we've already established that, only God knows, you don't know what hour your Lord is coming. So we have an empty tomb. We have an empty tomb that Mary and Martha, or Mary, we read about, went looking for Jesus and he was not there. But we read about Jesus in this passage right here where Jesus said, you know there's going to come a time when people are not going to believe just like they didn't believe that I would come and I certainly would come as a baby born in a manger. I would be uh, born in Bethlehem, that I would grow up as a carpenter, that, that I would actually preach the kingdom of God, that I was the son of man, the son of God. There was a day when nobody believed any of that hardly at all. And there was also a time when I said that you can destroy this temple and in three days I'm going to raise it again. You know, they're always thinking carnally. They were thinking of earthly things taking place. But Jesus was talking about himself and the fulfillment of the Bible. And he said, all of that happened. But there's also going to come a time just like in Noah, even before my day on the earth, 
when people didn't believe, when I sent my word through my son Noah, my prophet Noah, that there's going to be a flood because I'm tired of sin. I'm, I'm fed up with sin. I'm fed up with man loving sin and not loving what I want to do for them. So I'm going to have to purge the earth and deal with the sin. We call it lawlessness now. And we are told that people, we say giving in marriage and eating and drinking and doing all these things, but what the Bible was saying and trying to tell us now, that people would ignore it. They would not make any life changes at all. Their schedules would not reflect this. Their thinking would not reflect that. Personal disciplines when it comes to loving God, going to God's house, serving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Nothing would change inside of them to resemble the spoken word of God even though he said it like he said he would rise threes again. Three days later, nothing would change in the heart and mind of man but I want to tell you today there's still going to come a day because people and, and I want to stay inside the church for a few minutes and I don't mean multitudes I mean the body of Christ there's still people that have professed to know Jesus professed to have been saved and been baptized in a baptistry or a creek or a pond or a pool somewhere at some point in their life. They've professed all that, but they've been privy to the Scriptures and the Bible and preaching of the Bible, but nothing has changed. They don't believe in the signs, and even if they were not any signs, they don't believe in what God has said had happened, would happen. And I'm telling you, church, there's going to be a day, I believe it could happen before we walk out of this sanctuary, where somebody perhaps is going to come looking for you. There's a Mary in your life that's going to come knocking on the door because all of a sudden the world's in a chaotic stage and they're going to knock and say, well, I just talked to them five minutes ago. I was just FaceTiming with the grandchildren and, and they were there and now I can't get them on the phone. I knock on the door. The door's locked. I can't get in the house. I don't see any movement. They're not in there and then they're going to get a call on their cell phone and somebody's going to say, Do, have you seen so-and-so? I just talked to them I, I went and checked but he's not here I'm telling you the best thing somebody can say about you when the trumpet sound is he is not here she is not here I don't know where they are but they're not right here that's what you want to hear that's what you want to leave that's what you want to know you don't want to be asking the questions you want to be the one with the answer Listen, I'm telling you right now, the Bible says, I've been saying this many weeks, today, April 17th, today is the day of salvation. You don't play with your soul, church. Don't think your way out of it. Don't think you can buy or talk your way out of it. Jesus has made it clear and he's proven time and time again. God has with his precious word. I'm going to do what I say. You can try to argue with me, but I'm still going to fulfill my word. I did it with Noah. I did it with Moses. I did it with my children 40 years in the wilderness. I did it with disciples, men and women that I called. I did it with my own son. And I'm going 
going to do it with you. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved, but you will be called home. If you don't go by the grave, you're going to go by the trumpet sound, and you want people to say, he's not here anymore. She's not here. I should have listened to him. I should have done it with my wife. I should have done it with my children. I should have went with my family. I should have made my calling and election sure. I should have took the Bible serious. I should have changed things and started living right and said I'll get to it one day because now it's literally going to be hell on earth. And you don't want that. You don't want that. This is not the Easter message. I know you go home and you say, oh, you got to see that. But I'm telling you, there's thousands of things I can preach to you today as any other minister worth his salt can. But I want you to know that if you leave this church, if you're online, if you log off, if you do this and you just come for a pretty pageant or some nice singing or beautiful outfits people have on and you don't know how serious of a day you live, I have failed God and I failed you, but it ain't going to happen on my watch because I love him and I love you too much because you thought enough of God to come to this place. So I'm going to tell you the truth, friend. It could happen at any time. It could happen at any time. If you know anything about Israel and you know anything about prophecy, you know anything about the Bible and anything about the signs, and I've been really preaching for two years now about how all this stuff is lined up and it's in uh, perfect sync. You know, I even shared a short video Wednesday night about nine minutes long of a, a world government summit and all this, all of these things, the technology's in place, the people are in place, the wars and rumors of wars are in place, the need, the, 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 the threat and the soon-to-be famine or a shortage of food or whatever you want to, that we're all looking at all across the globe. You can have all kind of theories about this or that if you want to, but the thing is, people since the Bible was written have had theories about the Bible, but God is the same yesterday, today, and His Word is always going to be true, it's going to be right, it's going to be fulfilled, and people need to wake up and live by the Word of God and not what their church says, not what they think or what the culture is telling them. The Bible says, without holiness, no man will see the Lord. That's a bad word. People don't like that word anymore. But listen to me. Do you think God would allow his son to be slain on a cross, brutally tortured, and be stripped naked in front of his family and all kind of people on a hill and then do all this and bleed and die to wash my sin and your sin completely away so we could be justified in the sight of God when he looks at us. Do you think God would allow all of that to happen when his son asked him three times, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. Do you think God would still say, well, okay, you can do it. You can sleep around. You can, uh, you can gamble. You can drink. You can do a little bit of drugs. You don't have to go to church. You don't even have to read the Bible. Hey, you prayed when you were in Bible school 45 years ago. Look, man, just keep on marrying, giving in marriage. Do anything you want to. Everybody else is doing it. Hey, if you don't even want to be a man anymore, just say you're a woman. You can do anything you want to do in this world. But I'm telling you what my God said. My God, not the God of this world, said, listen here. If you want to be in a place 
where, hallelujah, when I sound for my son to bring my children home, then you live by my word. You don't even live by what you think. You live by my word. You do what I say, and you watch me not only do things in your life while you're on this earth. You might be getting your car worked on or your hair cut, or you might be in the break room at work or crying at the emergency room. But listen, you'll be one of those that hears that trumpet and you'll be caught up in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and you'll have a life you've never known before, but you've just got to live the way I say to live. Let me tell you something, a scripture that was burned in me when I was in college. Let God be true and every man a liar. People don't like that, you hear me. People don't like that, church, because we have a thirst. And I'm telling you, to whom much is given, much is required. I know there's things that I have got to work on, but I'm telling you, I don't play around with the Word of God when it's time to deliver it, but there's a lot of ministers. They want people so bad. They want crowds so bad. They want money so bad. They have taken the gospel. They've ripped all kind of pages out. they created their own gospel that people would just love, and it don't require anything of them. It's like sitting in the middle of a massage parlor week after week after week after week after week but I'm telling you again for the umpteenth time today God says listen there's a way that seems right unto man but the end of that way is destruction damnation I look at that as hell so don't live like you think you ought to live don't live like somebody said they were living at their church you search the scriptures you study the scriptures you let the spirit of God speak to you live right because you might be the only person in your church living right don't do like anybody else says you do what God says to do and I'm telling you you'll hear those two words well done well done well done come on in well done well done well done and you'll be glad you did it's going to be a sad day and it's going to happen let me tell you something I know of two men when you get the glory you can ask you can ask Enoch, you can ask Elijah. 2 Kings 2.11 says this, And it came to pass, as they, were, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by whirlwind into heaven. You might say, well, that was in the Old Testament. You see, people kill me with that. Man, I get so tired of doctrine. I get so tired of man people manipulating the Scripture. It's funny how they'll take certain parts of the Bible and they'll want to say, oh, that was the Old Testament and all that. But they ain't got a problem with Isaiah 40, 31. Oh, I'll mount up with wings as an eagle. Oh, the Lord is my shepherd. Wait, whoa, whoa, that's Old Testament, friend. See, there's a lot of people they only want God on their terms. Do y'all hear me today? But look, I'm ready to be a fool for Christ's sake. 
I'm not here to please you or the world. I'm here to do what my Savior started in my life about 35, 40 years ago when I got serious. That's all I want to do. I want to please him. And God, God, God will honor his word. And if you are right, if you're living right and it's easier, then I really know how to tell you, but I'm going to attempt it in a minute. He can receive you up just like he received them men up and everybody in the graveyard, everywhere. Oh, yeah, he can do it. The Bible tells not only can he receive you, he has the power and he has the authority. Something back in a devotional I had back in January, I had to write it down. It says, the cross shows the depth of my love and the resurrection shows the, the depth of my power. So see, the Lord, that resurrection power, He's the same God that raised us up like I talked about when we get baptized, but He's also the same God that has the power when that trumpet sounds and that sound is heard all over the earth and the dead in Christ arise and then those of us that alive are alive and remain, we are called up together to meet Him in the clouds with all of the rest of the host before we go home. And the Bible tells us in very plain English in John's gospel in the 14th chapter, Jesus said this, folks. He said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and, 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 and receive you. Receive you, that's the rapture. I will receive you unto myself and where I am there you may be also. A lot of people think that when the rapture happens, Jesus is going to come down here and he's going to sweep everybody. He's, he's coming, but his second coming is not the rapture. He's, he don't even have to come this far. All he's got to do is say, now. He hears now from the Father. And he tells the angel, now the trumpet, and he just calls and receives you. Oh, but when we come back after seven years of tribulation with him for a thousand years to rule and reign, let me tell you something, he's coming back. He's coming back on this earth, and he's not coming back like Liberace with fluffy feathers all over him. He's coming back as a mighty warrior, ready, ready, ready to pour out his wrath for those that turn a deaf ear to him. I'm trying to make this an Easter message as hard as I can. But I can't help the Spirit of God this morning. I can't help it. And I don't apologize for that. But just like that empty tomb, I hope and pray everybody in here. I hope online. I hope everybody, wherever you are when it happens, the poor unfortunate person that comes looking for you I hope they're able to say, he's not here. She's not here. I hope you're not saying, I almost made it. I was about to do it. I was about to pray. I was about to get right. I was about to start taking these signs and all this serious. It don't have to be that way, church. There's two critical questions today that, that I want you to ask yourself. First question is, will I be found Will I be found if somebody comes looking for me? Will I be found? Well, I, look, don't say, well, I hope so. Don't do that. 
This is not a hoping situation, friend. This is a knowing situation. I know in whom I believed in. I, I, I don't hope I go to heaven. I don't hope I go in the rapture. You, that's a bold statement. No, it ain't. It's a biblical truth. It's not a bold statement. I know who adopted me when I turned my life over to him. My last name might be Swells on this earth, but that's how people see it. But my, my last name for real is my son, my child, my, my offspring. That I, I'm adopted. I'm part of a royal priesthood. A peculiar people, a holy. I'm a chosen generation, you see. That's who I really am. I don't hope that I make it in the rapture. Now, I hope gas drops down to about $2 a gallon. I, I hope there's plenty of food on the shelves in the store. I hope that we have a mosquitoless summer. But it ain't going to happen because I've already been attacked. But let me tell you something. I don't hope that I'm going to heaven. I traded that life when I used to hope. I used to have to hope about God hearing me when I pray. I used to have to hope to know if somebody really loved me when I was in the shape I was in. I used to hope when I thought I was going to kill myself, when I thought I was going to die, when I thought I didn't have a reason to keep going. I used to hope back in those days when I used to ride around and try to be cool and impress somebody. But let me tell you something. When my sin went out the window, all of my hope went out the window. And I, let me tell you, I don't hope no more. I know I traded in hope for knowing. And I know Jesus is my Lord. I know I'm going to heaven when I die. I know that. I know that. So, will I be found if somebody comes looking for me? And the second part of this is, who is it? that possibly will come looking for me. Who is it? Well, my husband's not saved. My children's not saved. My neighbor's not saved. My grandma's not saved. My co-workers, they know the code to my door because they have to let my dog out sometimes when we go on vacation. They're not saved. Does anybody get the picture yet? Who, who's going to be that Mary that's going to come knocking, that's going to come looking? Because see, folks, we can't even paint, I, I verbally can't even paint that kind of picture because man's never seen that kind of horror and fear and chaos, chaos all over the globe before. It's possible planes won't have pilots. It's very possible that people will be driving school buses and all of a sudden, they're gone. It's possible. You may get hit by a car that don't have a driver in it anymore if you're left here. Or it might be your car that hits somebody. Well, preacher, do you think that we could see it in our lifetime? Dude, I'm thinking you could see it before the day expires. Really? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There's nothing else in this Bible that has to be fulfilled before the Lord returns to call us to meet our loved ones. I was in a beautiful service this week. And you know what? It's hard for me to even participate or, in a, or attend a celebration service to where my mind, I'm so hungry. 
thinking, what does that person know right now? What have they seen already? See, I'm here in the body, but I'm like Paul. Man, I'd rather be at home with the Lord because that's where my citizenship is. So no, I don't get carried away with things like voting and politics and parties and economy. And preacher, I can't, you, you shouldn't say that to people. Well, if you're planning on staying here, that world don't look good right now anyway. And what's about to happen, because I told you that little video I shared the other night on Wednesday, part of that was a question posed to all these world leaders. Are you ready for a new world order? Are you ready for a new world government? Are you ready for a new system of money to take place? Are you ready for a global leader? We know him as the Antichrist. Are you ready for peace all over the earth and goodwill toward Oh, yes, we want that. And they're going to get it in a fake, phony, wannabe Jesus fashion called the Antichrist. But you don't want to be here for that. And the Bible says you don't have to be here for that. And I want to ask you today, Will you be here if somebody comes looking for you? Or who might come looking for you? Does either one of those questions concern you? I'm asking you this. Does either one of those concern you? I don't care. I'm just going to see how it plays out. You, you ain't wanting to do that. You don't want that. That's not going to work out the way you think. You think, I'll just play it safe and kind of blend in. You're going to blend in with flames of fire and hell. That's what you're going to blend in with. You don't want that. The Bible says that all you have to do, all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. You just have to say, Jesus, if you're not a Christian, you just say, Lord, I know you bled and died so that I could have freedom from the bondage of sin in this life and I could have eternal life with you and my loved ones. I believe that, Jesus, and I denounce my way of thinking, my rationale, everything I used to put, all my hope and dream and care and energy. I denounce all that. Lord, I'm leaving it and I'm walking behind you, Jesus, until you call me home. When you do that, that's real salvation. That's not church or denomination salvation or theology salvation that somebody just says, well, just do this or do that. No, that's a works thing. You got to just say, Lord, I can't, I can't even understand it all, but I'm falling here at your feet and say, Lord, here I am. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Wash me in the blood of Jesus and I'll be made brand new. And then the rest of your life, just like I told these folks earlier today, let your life reflect what your mouth has confessed. Because he said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, if you will, all over the building, because it's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. That you have to, without a doubt, it's, it's, it's the blood of Jesus that has to wash away your sin. You cannot try to talk to God to see if you can coach Him into another way. You can't do that, folks. You have to say, Lord Jesus, 
I believe that you died for me. I've just explained this. And the Bible says he's faithful and just and he's willing to forgive you and cleanse you. That's what he's willing to do. And if you're here, you say, well, preacher, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I, I know I'm saved, but I, I, I've just been so busy and caught up in this and that. And my mind really hadn't been on all that. You need to stop. You need to pull the plug on everything right now till you can get saddled back up the way you're supposed to be. You need to say, Lord Jesus, I repent for not paying attention to what you've already said in your word. Three days, three days. Three. I've seen examples, Lord. I know, I know you're about to return. I cannot deny. Hey, folks, atheists are not even denying that there is something going on all over the earth right now. We've had about 24 to 36 months of so many signs that we've just seen over and over and over and over again. Even if you wasn't paying attention, you ought to have been paying attention and God sent you to this church today so he could tell you how much he loves you and he wants you to make your calling and your election sure to say like David did, Lord, search me. Search me and show me, Lord. If there's any, I don't even want to, I don't want a crumb out of place in my life, God. I want it all right, Lord. I want it to be so pleasing to you, Lord. I want to represent you in a way that you're happy, Lord. The Bible says if you do that, then God will, he will anoint you in such a way to carry out what he's called you to do. He that's begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. God, I love you and I thank you for your word today. I want you to search your heart while this song ministers.
Hallelujah. I'm going to ask all of you if you would stand and bow your head. If you're online and you are a place where you can close your eyes reverently, I want you to do that. And today, all over the place, here, wherever you are, if you thank Jesus for the blood and it's been applied to your life, and you know that you know that you know it's been applied, and you're not going to be here when somebody comes looking. I just want you to gather around this altar in the aisles before we leave. It, it, 
we're just going to close in a, a corporate prayer together. But I want you to join me quickly, if you will. Hallelujah. One day, the church is going to have people that's not here that used to be here. It might be that we get the church open one Sunday morning, get everything cut on, and somebody shows up. And I don't want this to happen, but, but people show up that didn't know or either wasn't serious. And folks, I can't tell you, I've heard it for 55 years. 55 years I have heard it, that he's coming back. But I'm telling you right now, I have seen more in the last 12 months of my life that I couldn't see when I was a little boy because we didn't have things like we have today. But I've seen it. And all you got to do is just read your Bible and look around you and know that time is, time is serious. See, I, I, I believe, I believe this could be the last Easter service. I thank God for everybody's here. And anybody there that I can't see you or online, if you haven't been washed by the blood of Jesus, and I, folks, give me 30 seconds to explain that again. Those people have been led. There's so many people in many, 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 a lot of megachurch. There's so many people that are not truly saved by the blood of Jesus. Small churches, big churches, all churches. And I want it to be so clear. It's not a hard thing. It's not a difficult thing. It, it doesn't depend on you. That's the good news. It doesn't depend on you doing anything but saying, Jesus, I believe. I don't understand everything. And let me tell you this. Nobody breathing understands. We're talking about God's Word. You can't understand everything about it. I can read the same chapter 50 times. And you know the Lord will show me something many, many times. God, I've read this my whole life. But today, he wanted to speak something else to me. So today, I, again, my 30 seconds is up. But you say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I am a sinner. I admit it. I'm wrong. And church is not going to help me. Religion's not going to help me. I can't help me, but you can, Jesus. Would you forgive me of my sins? I mean, Lord, I, I am tired of chasing my tail like a dog in a circle. I want to be washed by the blood, and I want to live like I'm a disciple of you, Jesus. If you do that, then that old song says, uh, the things of this earth will grow strangely dim. People all of a sudden will think you're weird because you're not excited about the same things they are. And that's all you have to do today. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. If you're online, uh, Derek has some information. You can text. We want to get information to help you, man. That's what this is all about. We want to help you out. We can, we can help you that are here right now. But, but the Lord wants to make sure that people understand it, it, it's easy to go to heaven. You just got to get out of the way. That's all. And just say, Lord, here I am. I, I'm sorry. I am sorry. And I, I mean it this time. And all, for the rest of us,
we just need to make a new commitment with the Lord. Lord, I want to live better this coming Monday than I've ever lived any other Monday in my life. It doesn't, let, let me help you out if you're, if you're religious thinking right now. It doesn't mean that you are a dirty, loathsome sinner or backslider. What it just means, Lord, morning by morning, new mercies I see, so I want to give you more of me on this Monday than I've ever given you before. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to, we want to give you something, and we, we want everybody, everybody to get something today. But I want you to know that, that God can do something with the people that are here. But we just got to say, Lord, wherever you're from, wherever you're going, just say, Lord, I, I mean it. I know it, and I want, to, I want to make my finish so strong on this earth for you. So let's together, Father God, I pray today, I pray today that you would help me, Lord, when I'm weak to remember. That's when you can make me strong. Help me to know, Lord, that you are not sitting by to see if I can get it right or if I can do it. I can't do it apart from you, Lord. It's got to be you, Jesus, living through me. And you will only do that if I'm serious. I've got to be available. I've got to be empty. I've got to be willing. And Lord, so today with my brothers and sisters all around this church, I commit to you. I forget those things that are behind me. Saturday, the 16th, and on back, I forget all those things. And I'm pressing toward home right now. And Father, I pray you would let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Peace. I pray this week that you will find yourself more and more hungry for the presence of God. There's no place else on this earth like being in the presence of God. The Lord does not return before Wednesday. We pray that we will see you and your entire family Wednesday night at our Laurel Hill campus. God bless you.